Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to this, the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard, coming to you, not live, because you'll be watching this or listening to this uh, when we release it on a Thursday, and we've already recorded by now, so I'm probably off doing other things. But what I will tell you is that Aaron and I are actually in the same room together. We are in the Lace office. We are together. This is the first podcast that we've done since before lockdown, Aaron. So thank you for joining us. Fantastic. Great to be here. And socially distanced, I would say. Sensibly socially distanced. There's at least two metres between us. There's at least two metres. It's a massive gap uh, between us, but we're getting there. I know it's great to be in the office. I can't believe it, actually. You know, chance to be together chance to chat through something as well, something I know we were quite excited about as well today, so good to chat. Yeah, it is an interesting one, and you and I had this conversation over the last uh, couple of days, actually, Mm. because what we thought we'd do today is just touch on an article that we have come across in HR Magazine, and we know the guys at HR Magazine, they do some fantastic stuff, some really, really interesting bits of content. You should definitely check them out. But the article was actually about a new report from HR software company Personio, who said that you know HR decision makers in the UK and Ireland have seen an increase in the number of programs that they're using. And as a result as well, the article kind of questioned whether or not there is too much HR tech that employees are having to deal with. And that really struck, it, it struck an intrigue chord, I would say, mm. with us, because I wouldn't say, and this is what we're going to debate now, I wouldn't say that we entirely agree with that narrative. And I just thought I'd take maybe 15, 20 minutes of your time so that we can just have a little bit, bit of a, a chin wag about it whilst in the office. So just some general thoughts just to kick us off then about i think this idea that you've got too you can have too much tech yeah yeah it's it's a it's a great research and certainly it's done what it intended to do right it's generated discussion and debate and we're uh, we're sitting here having that exact thing now and and as you say i guess in in part we we don't fully agree with it but i'll come on to that in a minute i think it's hard to imagine a time before COVID, but if you take yourselves back to then, you know, some of businesses were quite patchy on their technology and their people technology, and let's call it that in the, the broadest sense. You know, collaboration tech, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, etc., wasn't wasn't fully enabled for everybody. Uh, and certainly engagement technology wasn't uh, out there either. Certainly we've seen a very big rise in those pieces of technology, people wanting to understand and measure more and hear what people are saying and how engaged they are and, and react to that and take action sooner. The need to collaborate, the need to, to discuss. We've also seen, as we've talked about in other podcasts, right, a, a kick up in well-being technology and the well-being response that organizations have taken. And then and we have the whole Black Lives Matter movement going on through lockdown as well, which generated the whole debate around DNI and, uh, and has driven a wealth of DNI tech. So I think there's some very good valid reasons why there's a lot more technology available to people now. And for the most part, what it's trying to do and what it is doing, I think, is delivering some great um, 
changes to the experience of people at work. And certainly, I think the, the article in HR Magazine then goes on to, to say, well, maybe that's too much. Maybe it's confusing for people, certainly people saying they've got too many options available. Uh, and, and I guess our point of view and perspective is uh, the answer is possibly not to therefore streamline them and try and combine them and make you know, one system do everything, one ring to combine, one ring to rule them all. Right? Yes, love the Lord um, of the Rings reference, Lord of the Rings Aaron. reference, love there that. you go, got to get it in somewhere. You know, not to do that, but rather to look at what is the experience you're trying to generate, right? Um, and think, therefore, you know, if, if the experience is one um, that will take people to multiple systems, how do you make that as simple as possible? How do you make it as easy as possible? How do you make it as consistent in its feel as possible? And certainly, I think when you and I and Max and in particular have spoken about this, you know, one of the things that comes out is, is how you know your thoughts on single sign-on, your thoughts on integration, how you make it easy for one person to move between one piece of technology and another. Um, I think the good example we talked about, Max talked about, was you know banking technology, right? So yeah, um, if you're in your bank and you're working through your you know your app for your bank and it takes you out to a mortgage application or a credit card application or takes you out to do a sort of insurance comparison. Quite often, that's a completely different system. But what's really good on those consumer products is you will not know. You know, it feels like you're still within the same banking app. It feels like you're moving. Certainly, you don't have to re-enter in a lot of cases your uh, user ID and password. Right? It just it takes you in there. Uh, and certainly, the ones that uh, people want to work with and and get good get good feedback are those that that manage that well. If you think about that in an employment perspective. For a line manager in particular, and it's one of my passions uh, and a passion for Kathy at Lace as well, is you know that line manager experience. If you're a line manager, not only do you have your HR systems to engage with, not only do you have multiple of those and maybe several of those around a country if you're in countries if you're in a global business, but you've probably also got finance, procurement systems to deal with, as well as maybe operational systems that you're running as, as a management part of the management team in an organization. Um, and that is certainly something there's a lot of systems that can be quite confusing. And it's, it's one of those areas that we've seen post pandemic people wanting to address, they want to give it a simpler experience, they want to create an experience layer that fits across. We've done previous podcasts with likes of Applaud, for example. Yep technology that is that experience layer um, others in the market service now for example out there creating those layers that sit to make it as, as simple for for people to navigate as possible so i think in short although the article is right i think that there are lots more systems available and that that can be confusing and challenging i don't think the answer is the hypothesis that was put forward which is to get to one system or reduce the number of systems now but rather to look at the experience and try and make that as simple as possible, make it as easy as possible. Because those systems have been put in for a reason. They've been put in a lot of cases for the reason of enhancing engagement or enhancing well-being or helping with collaboration in the organization. They, they serve a purpose, yeah. uh, especially post-COVID, they were born out of serving a purpose. Um, so that's why you know I think we need to address those elements. Yeah, and I think also one of the things, we've written a blog about this in, I wouldn't say it's a repost, it's more a, a slightly different way of, of thinking, and, and Max has, uh, Max Bailey, who's our exec director of our tech advisory side of our business, has, has talked to me about this and helped me to compile some of these thoughts. This idea of 
dial it back from well, how much tech is too much tech into the what's the purpose of the different types of technology that you mm. want to use and making sure that you define that purpose you almost a phase zero sort of point of view you know working backwards from well we've got you know we need to embed this tech because everyone's now remote working into a what's the reason we need this and do we have tech already in existence that can do this job and one of the things that max mm. pointed out is if you've got multiple systems multiple data sets that are all doing the same thing then you're going to come across challenges not just challenges from a employee experience perspective but actually also from a risk management perspective as well aren't you yeah, no, certainly, certainly. I think um, you know, as well as that experience being as simplified and, and uh, harmonized as possible, Max raises a great point, which is you need to do the same work at the other end of the of the tower and the stack, if you like, of the, the data layer and really sort of align on that and make sure um, that you have someone who owns that data uh, and in a way of making sure that you know how it's described in one system matches how it's described in another, so you can bring it together. The power of those systems is diluted quite significantly if you can't use the data across them. Mm. Um, and that clearly is one of the things that you get from moving to a, a large ERP system in a single point, is you get one single data set uh, that manages it. The thing you don't get is you don't get some of the uh, spikes in functionality that you get from the, from the multiple systems. Um, but if you are going to have a, a multiple system environment, you know, getting single sign-on, getting the employee experience and getting the data consistent um, and managed in a, in a consistent way so you can combine it and use it for business um, insight is critical. Yeah. I think the word that keeps popping into my head again and again and again is that word integration. Yeah. Get integration right. The amount of, and I guess you can probably speak to this in terms of clients that we've worked with in the past, how many businesses really fall down with the companies that we've spoken to, uh, you know, over the many years that we've been in, in existence, how many businesses fall down because they don't get that integration right? And as we've said in the blog, you know, don't deploy in isolation. You know, how many businesses I guess that's my question to you. How many businesses get it right from the integration point of view? They do the thinking beforehand yeah. and are able to then deploy with a, um, a system, with multiple systems that all talk to each other. Not, not as many as they should. I think <laughs> that's probably the best way to answer that one, Chris. I think you know, the, there are lots of reasons why people deploy in isolation, not least it's faster, right? Uh, and quite often you're up against a time frame to get things done and deployed quickly. Um, and things like single sign-on and data integration and alignment take time. But um, I would argue that it's time well spent. Mm. Um, in fact, that it gets a chance to better leverage your investment over time. Um, so you're not just fixing the, the, the in-the-moment problem, but you're then leveraging that technology to help you gather insight to allow you to address things for the future. Integrations do take time. They're not simple. They can be quite complex in large-scale businesses with um, a lot of legacy technology, um, and it takes it takes effort and time to do that work. Certainly, if you're going to be going live in an isolation environment, I think it's worth doing the roadmap work to understand when you will yep. go live with integration to have that mapped and planned. Uh, as I say, sometimes you have no choice, right? You have you have a time to hit, and you need to go out, and you need to make an impact in that specific area quite quickly. Certainly, we saw that during COVID, right? We saw people releasing the likes of Qualtrics and Pecon into the into their organisations at a pace because they wanted to get the engagement feedback at pace. We also saw people put well-being 
apps like Unmind and others out into the market fast. Um, again, because you know it was really important to one show that you were responding to the difficulties your employees were going through, and two that you were listening. But you know, over time, you're going to want to bring that back and think about what's your strategy to bring that all together. Mm-hmm. How do we integrate it? How do we get to a whole? And how do we leverage that data to inform business decisions? Yeah. So, do you would you say if we were talking about if you take one piece of advice from this podcast? It's that idea of, and, and I'm sorry, I'm thinking from a, a lockdown perspective. So mm. you've got a business that has decided we've got to send everybody remote quickly. They've then integrated or they've implemented, they've deployed well-being tech or engagement, different types of engagement mm. tech and things like that. They've had to do it at pace. And now they're, they're sitting back and going, okay, now we need to look at the, the data side and how these work together. Like how, how, how do I compile these data sets so that I can get proper business-wide intel into a manageable reporting format for my C-suite? What sort of advice do you think we should be looking at in terms of what you can do right now? Because I, so I'm making the assumption that you've got a HR team, as I said, that have literally just, they've spent 18 months getting these systems in yeah. because that's been the demands of the business. And now they're looking back and saying, okay, well, we've, it's now up and running. How are we doing proper analysis? How can we get better at our people data and the analytics around that so that we can drive efficiency and productivity in the business? Great question. Great question. Especially for pre-lunch. We're recording yeah. this pre-lunch, everyone. It's got me while I'm still awake. Uh, so, no, I think the couple of things to take away. Listen to your line managers and your employees about how that experience feels for them now. Right. And the dust has settled a bit. The implementations are done. Where could they see an improvement? Go back to that first step, right? Because we know by having put those systems out there, we fragmented some of the experience. You know, that's just the natural side effect of having done that activity. So let's go back out and listen and hear how things could be improved. It could be that it just simply needs, in fact, a new coat of paint, shall we say, just mm-hmm. to look and feel the same could be that it might just be that the fact you need to go to single sign-on and spend the effort on there so that you take away the task of having to sign in eight times to different systems. Yeah. Big step, very positive impact for employees. More likely, after those elements, there's going to be some part of it where the business say, well, you know, what is that telling me? Like we made that investment, I understand why, but to continue that investment, I need to understand what it's telling me and how to use it for the good of the business. Yeah. And so I guess... That's the next step, get into that point of sort of looking at the data sets you've got from those various implementations you may have done and consider what business questions could you answer with those. Work with the business, talk to the business, understand what they are looking to do with the strategy, looking to do with flexible working, what they're looking to do with the expansion of the talent in their organ- in your organisation. We all know there are talent challenges in the market right now. It's a big part of our podcasts and discussions, right? It's everywhere right now. We're all... Uh, focused on it you know how could you use the data from the systems you've deployed to help you better understand either retain your talent and stop attrition or attract better talent into your organization upskill people you know that data sets will help with some of that and so think about those things bring those together and look at um, a strategy to bring that data set together from that you may well have to go back and reset some of your data so that you can bring the pieces together and define it. Um, but certainly those would be the, the areas I start with, Chris, I think, to, to sort of help 
help an organization come out of this and think about, well, okay, I've got lots of systems now, they're doing things, uh, but I need to get better value out of the money to get a, increase my return on investment over time. That's perfect. Um, thank you very much, Aaron. It's uh, been, as always, brilliant just having a chat with you about this uh, today. Um, is there anything else just before we wrap up that you would like to uh, you'd like to cover off? And of course, we've got the blog which will come out in conjunction with this um, that we've written, which is the the lace view, if you like, in in response. We'll also put in the show notes the information about the actual article itself because it's an interesting article and there is some interesting stuff that come out of it. No, it's a very interesting article and say that the survey did did the job it was supposed to, which is generate discussion and debate, right? Yep. And certainly I think the, the way of addressing it would be is, is slightly different in our mind as we've talked about. I, I guess the one thing I'd, I'd like just to leave on is is this point about line managers. It's a big mm -hmm. passion of mine, which is, you know, we, th we talk a lot about employee experience, right? And as an HR consultancy, we spend a lot of time working with clients around employee experience and getting that right and how does it feel for an employee. But if you think about the, the systems an employee are engaging with, five multiply that by five multiply that by six that's the number of systems on a line manager has to deal with and yeah. quite often they're dealing with employees in multiple countries so sometimes they've got a system in one country that doesn't exist in another and so you know they've got this real complexity of environment and if you think about the power that your line managers have in your organization and the value that they deliver that can only be diluted if they're spending loads of time moving between systems and getting frustrated and not knowing where to get the data from. And you, know, you can make that whole thing lot much smoother and get a better return from your line managers on the value to your business by getting that right. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's a thought for future. We may want to pick it up on a future podcast, but that line manager experience. I think for me is the next big thing to focus on. And we may well do that, as you said, on our future podcast. But thank you very much for joining thank us you, once again, sir. You can obviously find this podcast wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to this for the first time, then you can get us on iTunes, or, sorry, Apple Podcasts, it's called now. We're on Google Podcasts, on Alexa Podcasts as well, Spotify. Um, you can also listen to this as a live stream on the Lace Partners website, which is www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. That's it from me. Uh, that's it from Aaron. And we look forward to welcoming you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye. Thank you.